It's time again for Three Point Podcast. Three sports guys, three generations, and three hot takes. The triple threat includes baby boomer Ted Patel of Z92.5 The Castle. Our Gen Xer is Matt Burns of ESPN and the SEC Network out of Charlotte, North Carolina. The millennial man is Jared Patel of Valley Sports Detroit. Comments and questions can be sent by email to threepointpod at gmail.com. Follow Three Point Podcast on social media at Three Point Pod. The fellows will get it rolling right after this from our partners. Memorial Healthcare is proud and excited to open their new $40 million plus neurology, orthopedic, and community wellness center, now called the NOW Building. The 15,000 square foot facility features the highest quality, most sensitive 3T MRI available on today's market. The three-story building provides area residents a medically-based wellness center featuring nutritional, counseling, and group fitness classes, among other offerings. Memorial Healthcare's new wellness center includes locker rooms, private showers, steam rooms, sauna, a lap pool, and more, including a raised track for walking and running with views of the entire Memorial campus and surrounding area. Memorial Healthcare strives to bring healthcare and wellness together, servicing patients' needs from diagnosis to treatment to rehab and beyond. For more details, go online at memorialhealthcare.org or call 989-720-CARE. That's 989-720-2273. Rivals Tap House and Grill is the area's go-to spot for the best in food and drink. Meet up with your friends and catch your favorite sporting events on over 20 high-def flat-screen TVs. And our 120-inch projection screen. Rivals can handle your large or small parties and is an awesome spot to put on your fundraising events. Weekly food and drink specials including gourmet burgers, wings, pizza, homemade soup, and salads. Rivals also stocks a large selection of craft and domestic brews. Rivals Tap House and Grill, the official gathering spot of Three Point Podcast, located on the corner of Shiawassee and M21 in Corona. Hello, everybody. It's time for episode 216 of the Three Point Podcast, presented by Memorial Healthcare, home of the state-of-the-art now Community Wellness Center. The NBA playoffs are rolling with some awesome games. The Tigers are struggling at 9-21 and as we record dead last in the American League. And the longest of long shots, Rich Strike, won the Kentucky Derby. And if we have a little time, we might sneak in a little entertainment in the next hour. I want to thank our other partners who include... Crow Real Estate and Auction, Nelson House Funeral Homes, Rivals Tap House and Grill, Success Group Mortgage and Servicing, the Wash of Owasso, and the ALS Association of Michigan. Well, fellas, uh, you know, what we typically do is catch up. Do you guys got anything uh, to put on the table here at the beginning? Uh, you know I always do. Um, Good for this you. week, the newest, uh, the newest update is, as you guys know from, from last week, I've been looking for an apartment. Mm-hmm. uh downtown detroit so i just wanted to share uh an email exchange i had about touring a apartment so online i think it was like zillow i was looking at this apartment great apartment looked awesome it's like it said it's like uh 800 bucks a month for rent wow. so i saw that i was like you know this almost seems too good to be true uh sweet par- apartment great location 800 bucks a month like this doesn't seem right so she emailed me and it's like trying to set up a tour just because i sent an email said i was interested and I said, you know, no BS. So basically, like, what? Uh, how much am I going to pay uh, a month for this apartment? Just so I don't waste your time and you don't waste my time. <laughs> so, I, so then I email her. She emails back. Like I said, originally the cost said $900. She goes, oh, yeah, it's uh, $1,500 <laughs> plus sewage and water plus parking 
So essentially, those were each 250 bucks a month. So basically, it went from 800 bucks a month to 2000 a month. And so I said, uh, yep, not in my price range, so I'm not going to waste <laughs> your time. Uh, and that was basically it. And so that's where I'm at right now. And that's happened a couple different times, maybe not to that extent. But I'm realizing that they kind of mislead you with how they oh, post yeah. these things, man. It says 800 bucks. You click on it. You do everything but sign on the dotted line. Next thing you know, you got... 10 different costs. How do, how can they post a cost that's $800 and the actual cost is twice as much plus another $400. It's just that blew, that blew my mind. I, I couldn't believe that was even like legal. Just, just wait for it, Jared. I mean, uh, down here, it, it's probably happening everywhere, but around us, you know, we're looking, looking houses and all these new communities that are popping up and they'll have the big post. It's basically the same thing you're talking about. The big poster board outside the community homes starting at the low 400,000s and you're like okay cool cool but then you, you know they're building these new homes basically that is just like the walls and the roof <laughs> you start adding windows doors actual cabinets toilets and all this and you're up towards around like 500,000 it's like how do you post it at start yeah starting at the low 400,000s it's kind of like airbnbs too yeah. you see like an airbnb it says, it says like 180 bucks a night yeah. you're like oh sweet that's actually like pretty good deal you hop on you add your four nights next thing you know it's still like three grand and you're like wait what just happened oh the fees the cleaning yeah. fees the taxes and the holding fee or whatever and it's like a little misleading but yeah that, that's definitely annoying when you know you're looking just for an apartment you're like just tell me how much i'm paying just, just tell me how much i'm paying per month that's all i want to know just one more slap in the face of adulthood there jared <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> it's it's not pretty. I was going to ask you, though, um, and what part of town was that one in? That one, I believe, was uh, almost like right in the center of Detroit. I can't even tell you what okay. uh, portion that is, but right, right, by, it was right, right off the corner of Comerica, right off, right by um, Little Caesars Arena, essentially. So yeah. that's why it was perfect location. I got a feeling, you know, at your age and at your your beginning of your your professional career. And especially if you want to live in downtown Detroit, you had to have considered, you know, a roommate, haven't you? Or, or somebody to help share the cost. Roommate's been, uh, roommate is considered. It's um, it, it's a long story where he, we're not sure if if it'll work out. If going down to, it doesn't really make sense for him to go to Detroit as well as me. Right. So it's, we've been, we debated it. That was uh, obviously what I'd rather have to save some freaking dough. But uh, I'll also well, say this, man. I mean, you guys both live on your own. I mean, Ted, how long did you have a roommate for? I can't imagine it was very long. I mean, I, I like having a roommate, but there's also, it's just, I kind of, you kind of just want your own place, man. I, it's like, there's nothing wrong with my roommate. It's just like, you, it's just kind of the way I am. I just want my own place. I agree with you. I mean, when I first started out, I had a roommate and I, I was living at his place and had this little closet bedroom that I was yeah, paying exactly. him rent on. I, I lasted there, I think maybe six months. And then, uh, our friend of ours lived across the street and he had a room available and it was a much nicer place. So I slid over there for a little while. And then I, I've got my very first studio apartment in downtown Owasso. You know, it was a walk up. It was a residential house and the upstairs was the studio apartment. It was pretty cool, man. But in those days, uh, <laughs> when I walked up the steps to get to the apartment level, which was just one room where my bed was and my TV, there was a little teeny kitchen and a little teeny bathroom with a shower. But going up the stairs, I'll never forget it had 
uh, classic red and black shag carpet, walls, ceiling, steps. The entire wow. enclosure going up the steps was all those 70s shag carpet. But I think I paid like, and this, this is again the generational thing we have. I think it was like 85 bucks a month. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome, man. That's pretty crazy. Yeah, I had roommates uh, all the way until I moved to Connecticut. And when I moved there to work at ESPN, I got my own apartment. And it was cool. It, you're right, Jared. It was cool. Finally, like feeling independent, had my own place, could do have over, you know, people whenever I wanted to. But the cost thing, I was like, it was almost like a slap in the face, like, oh, all these bills are on me. All this rent yeah. is on me. So I quickly, I only stayed there for like six months and then I moved into a house with some buddies, but um, I get it. You know, you're, yeah, you're getting to the point. You got a job and, you know, stable income and you got a girlfriend. Right. It might be nice not to have your like buddy on the couch when you're wanting to <laughs> watch a movie with your girlfriend or whatever. Right. So it's that cost thing, man. It, it, yeah. it does kind of kick you in the nuts when you think about it. And, and I've had some, you know, I, I went in blind at, at Grand Valley a couple times. Anytime you go in blind at college, you're, you're going to get some roommate stories. Yeah. Uh, so there was the one I'll just, I'll just share a quick one. There was the one time where, uh, you know, it was I think it was like the Fair State versus Grand Valley State game. And uh, a couple of my buddies came to came to, you know, go out in Grand Rapids for the game. We didn't even this is like when we tried going out in Grand Rapids. We were 20 years old, fake IDs, dumb. And they all got snatched. Like we were two different places. Each of us had like two fake ones. They were gone within one night. So we came back like that night and didn't really think of anything of it. Like didn't even really drink. Came back to the apartment, woke up the next day. I like wake up, those they all left. And next thing I know, like my three roommates like corner me in my room. And they're like, why'd you drive drunk last night? I was like, what? what? <laughs> so they're like, why? Well, yeah, you drive drunk. You know, that's like very selfish. Like, why would you ever even do that? And I literally just like stared at them. Like I was like so perplexed at what was even going on and just like walked right out. I was like, no, I didn't drive drunk. Don't tell me what to like do. And that was basically the start of the downfall of the year number one roommates. Uh, <laughs> so yeah. So you can say I'm just about roommated out. Yeah. So what's yeah. your option? I mean, what's your next step? You're just continuing looking online. You search. Yeah. I mean, hopefully not all places are misleading like that. That was that particular apartment complex. I don't know. Maybe, maybe more will be if, if I, if I'm just realizing that nothing is as cheap as I thought, then I guess roommate is the route we go and we don't go downtown Detroit, but mm -hmm. I should be able to find a place. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, I mean, you know, you, you got co-workers there. I mean, it's all, you know, if you do some networking, ask around, you know, if people know of places or areas, you know, like I mentioned, the, the, the first apartment I had on my own in Owasso was an upstairs of a residential house. I mean, there might be something available like that, that might get closer to your, your price range. I don't know. Just a thought. Yeah. I will. I'll look into it. Uh, You're growing up, Jared. You're growing up. <laughs> Our yeah. little Jared bear. <laughs> and I'll just say, man, you know what sucks is freaking moving. Uh, I'll be the first. That's probably the number one drawback I'm not looking forward to is yeah. unloading all that crap out of my apartment that I'm oh, yeah. Well, I know all about that, man. I My last move, I said it was going to be my last one until they moved me into a nursing home. I had a one-month gap between when I could get in my new house oh, God. and when I left my other house, and I had to rent two large rental units to shift everything from the house into those rental units and then wait a month, live with my brother and sister-in-law for a month and then 
load and unload again a second time in a month. It was a it was a freaking nice nightmare, man. Oh, it makes me house. shiver. Yeah, a whole I house. Can't imagine. I, I'm surprised you didn't call me up for, you know, had to help you for a couple pieces of bubble gum. That seems like something you probably would have done. <laughs> but I guess for, for whatever reason you were feeling it that day. No, I wasn't. <laughs> yeah, it does get to the point where just get, buying beer and pizza for your buddies isn't enough. Yeah, right. You're like, so I've I've ran I ran out of options here. I just got to pay someone to move. <laughs> yes, absolutely. It's worth it at times for sure. It is, yeah. I, re- I remember, uh, I'll just throw this out real quick. I remember my coach, speaking of uh, like the pizza and stuff, I remember basketball coach uh, in, at Corona when we, when I'm, when we, uh, when he moved into his new house, like we all went and helped uh, and he like gave us pizza. And I remember thinking it was like such a good deal at the time. Like, man, I would move every Saturday if, if I got pizza every time. And God, no, I wouldn't do that now. That's for sure. No. When we, when I got the job at ESPN, part of the perk, I guess, is they actually, and when, um, when I when, when I got the job down in Charlotte from Connecticut to Charlotte, part of the perks are they they pay to move you, and so I mean professional movers come. I don't know if you've ever had this, Ted, or you I, apparently not, but like a moving company, they literally wrap everything. They want to do everything because, like, if something gets broken or if something gets put in the wrong place, you know, the insurance they have to pay for it. So it was like wild watching them move because they would individually wrap every cup every plate you know they they even like stuff in the pantry canned food and stuff they're wrapping in the paper and then they're moving it and you know you get to your place and as they're unpacking it you're just sitting there like watching them like a few times i'm like do you guys need a hand like i feel bad watching you guys move and they're like no 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 sit back we got it you tell us where to put it and you know we'll put it there because if i went to lift something and broke it you know it'd be on them so it, i mean that was the way to go. I'll be honest. That was that was the way to go. It, it's nice when it's paid for by your company, but yeah, yeah, have, having people just come in because some of those big things, couches, dressers, I don't want to move that stuff anymore. I, you know, yeah. I just I don't want to go up and down stairs, strap that thing to my back and move it. Nope. Yeah, and they're they're experts at it too. They know exactly how to turn the angle of all the furniture to go through the doorways. I did hire somebody one time when I. Uh, move my current and favorite wife here to Michigan. We had a long distance relationship and she was out in Baltimore and we had a local moving company, went all the way out there, picked up her stuff and brought it here. But the last move, the nightmare move I was telling you about, and uh, it was surprising, Jared. Yeah, I didn't get you and uh, your brothers involved. Actually, my wife and I did a really good job of packing everything up into boxes and uh, the heavy furniture, I think my brother-in-law Joe helped me out with that. But uh, we put all the boxes in a U-Haul, took them over to the, you know, to the storage unit and went from there. But, uh, yeah, the way to go, and especially if you have a few bucks, is a moving company. No question about it. <laughs> Just watch them do all the work. <laughs> Absolutely. Hey, before we keep moving along here and get into some of the hot topics, uh, there has been some good local sports going on recently here. And I just want to get this on the table in this opening part of the podcast. Uh, Chesanine's Tyler Sager. Man, this kid is a stud on the hill for Chesanine. He pitched his fourth straight no-hitter versus Mount Morris this week. The Indians improved the fourth straight no-hitter. Now, yeah, it's a little bit uh, askew because Chesanine's got a really good team. They're 14-1. and You know, a couple of those games were shortened, you know, like five-inning game and a three-inning game. But still, four straight no-hitters. I think for his career, uh, I know he had a number of them last year. He's probably... 10, 12, no hitters. He's a, he's a stud over there at Chesanine. 
Uh, also, uh, speaking of ball, Owasso swept Corona two to one and five to four in baseball at John Miller Field. Cavs did win a recent Waverly tournament, and they're playing pretty good baseball this year. Uh, the Trojans, speaking of them, the defending Division II softball champs, they swept Corona ooh, 13 to nothing and 17 to nothing in softball. Ouch. But they, yeah, they're moving on their way to a potential back-to-back state championship. Uh, is fact, it still uh, the the one pitcher they had last year who pitched every game? Is it yeah. still her? Yeah, Macy Ireland is still on the hill. Yeah, Owasso's fifteen and three. She's fifteen and three. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I got to send a shout out too to Corona's outstanding track and field team. Both the boys and girls took championships in the Cavalier Classic. Tarek Bauer won the hundred at eleven point zero two seconds, and his twin Wyatt finished third at 11.13. Wyatt, speaking of him, won the long jump after setting a new CHS record in their meet against Clio. He leaped 21 foot 10 inches. He passed uh, one of your buddies, Jimmy Skodak, and uh, also Corey Mort, uh, one of your uh, receivers there, Jared. They went uh, 21 foot 9 inches, so a new record holder, though, there. And Wyatt Bauer, and keep in mind, both the Bauer boys only sophomores. And, yeah. and speaking of Corona, the girls, Ellie Tony, probably the uh, Cavalier Girl Athlete of the Year, I would think. She won the shot put with a toss of 33 foot plus and finished third in the discus. discus. And also, I want to congratulate uh, Corona's Nick Crow, who was just named Argus Press Memorial Healthcare Athlete of the Week. You know, Nick, the son of one of our sponsors, yeah. Troy Crow. Uh, shot a 78 in the recent tourney over in Perry at Glenbrier. So that's just a few impressive. highlights. It, it, especially, though, and that's the thing about those high school scores. Those are 100% legit. And they're not a 78 of you and your buddies, you know, with a couple of breakfast balls. And, no, it's 100% <laughs> legit. Play the ball where it lies. Like, that's what makes those scores very impressive. He's he's a good golfer, man. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds like those those Bauer boys, their, their names might be in a few record books by the time they're – their careers are done at Corona. Like well, I've already heard the challenge from Grandpa Bauer that uh, Wyatt's after my interception record, and he—I think he's going to have a real good shot at the uh, <laughs> the overall record for interceptions. The season's going to be a little tough, but I think he has a shot at career. The Holy we could, Grail. We could peek quickly. That that has to be one of the longest standing Corona football records, right? It's one of them. I think there's I think there's some that are older than that though, but yeah, that goes all the way back to 1973. I, I right. think there's one that there's there's that one that's not never going to really be broken. There's another one where I think it's like Jeff Golem Binsky had like 45 carries or something like that in yeah. one game. So I don't think that one will ever be touched. You talk about a workhorse, man. I, they gave it to him every play. Yeah, he was my classmate and uh, teammate, man. He was a stud. You never wanted to hit him thigh level. I can tell you he that. A- he he was, he was my stud. dentist. Yes. <laughs> One of the world's greatest guys, too. Real good yeah, guy. Yeah, he was always he was so entertaining because we would just talk about, as he's digging on my teeth, we would just talk about Corona Sports the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, speaking of Corona Sports, I mean, yeah, that, it's cool to get those updates. The The ground has been broken at Nick and East Field. I know we talked about it. Mm-hmm. They're getting the, the turf field. I didn't know. Maybe I just forgot that they're getting new home stands also yep. does that mean i would assume yes a new press box too no they're gonna they're gonna keep oh, okay. the press box and build the stands around it okay yeah because the press box is it's really nice and it, they put it on hey. a brick foundation yeah. no it's gonna be sweet man you know you know what's funny is uh uh 
my girlfriend's mom was talking to me about it. And I think she's your age, Ted. She said, mm-hmm. she was like, she was sad. She's like, man, I remember when I was in school, we fundraised for, to redo the field. <laughs> uh, so I just thought that was, uh, that's kind of a funny little look at how things have changed, man. Back in the day, you were fundraising to turn the Get field grassy. from mud and dirt to grass. And now <laughs> it's from grass to turf. So I thought that was funny. It, it is kind of crazy. So a couple of my buddies actually, you know, they've, they've been posting pictures on the Corona Athletics Facebook and Twitter pages and stuff. and a couple buddies, you know, sent some pictures or said like, and this is like an end of an era. It is as cool as it will be. It'll, it'll be so awesome. It'll look great. It is kind of crazy to think of Nick and his field, not being grass though. I mean, it's just kind of like legendary, but it's, it's going to be so nice to have a turf. Field. Yeah. And the one nice thing about it, the, the tradition tradition will continue there because it's at the same site, you know, it's right, right there on Kingsley street and King. And, uh, but it's going to be great. And they'll also be able to host, some playoff games down the road too, you know? So it's just an all around. I think it's gonna be awesome. Not here. We are what May 11th, I guess. And they're digging and going full force at it. You know, when, when you watch different construction projects out there, you, to me, it seems like, boy, I don't know. They're going to get it done in time for fall. That's the mission. Say what? Three, three months, basically. Yeah. Got. Yeah. New, new bleachers and new field. I'm going to watch it very closely from my dad's house. If you, if you know, if you know, listen, I, I worked in a landscaping biz for a couple of years, man, the due dates add about another month to it. That's, that's right. more likely the date that it'll be ready. So, yeah. uh, especially, so we'll- like you said, especially in Michigan, just with weather or, you know, whatever. Uh, yeah. They better have that done. <laughs> or else they're going to be playing games at, uh, at Elsa Meyer. They're going to be yeah. going over to Elsa Meyer. And yeah, or like Jared said, might, maybe Wilman if there's openings, you know. Yeah, right. <laughs> no, that'll that'll be awesome. It'll be cool. I would. Are they going to have some sort of? I would assume like a dedication ceremony or for the first home game, you know, something like that. I would think so. Yeah, yeah. I would think so. I believe it's August 25th. I think is their first home game. Cool. So so hopefully they stay on construction schedule there. Well, speaking of schedule, let's keep this show moving. we got a lot to get into here today, and we'll be right back with an assortment of different sports topics right after this. Looking to buy items online? Go to CRAuctions.com. All you need to do is download the app to your phone or computer and start buying and selling today. CRAuctions.com will market your items all over the country and get them sold. If you are looking to buy something, we can help with that too. Just go to CRAuctions.com. Search our inventory and place your bid. Plus, there are online auctions for farm machinery, firearms, automobiles, and truckloads of overstocked items. It's fast, it's easy, and you will get results. Get the app and check out CRAuctions.com today. AZ Printing Solutions, formerly Hankard Sportswear, is a full-service print shop that specializes in screen printing, digital printing, and embroidery. They pride themselves on giving a great product at a great value. The area's go-to printing solution offers a 100% guarantee to exceed your expectations. AZ Printing Solutions has your favorite local spirit wear as well as many other apparel items in stock. Specialty items are available for family, sports, business, and charity events. Call 989-725-2979 or step into the store in downtown Owasso. 
The Wash of Owasso is excited to welcome you to their new and state-of-the-art full-service laundromat. Conveniently located at 809 West Main Street in historic West Town, Owasso. They're open 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. for the coin laundry, or you can drop off your laundry for wash and fold service Monday through Friday, 8 to 5 p.m. Too busy to stop in? No problem, as The Wash of Owasso will pick up your laundry right at your door and will deliver it back to you the next day. Go online to thewashofowasso.com. That's the Wash of Owasso. To view pricing or call 989-472-3322 and schedule your pickup as a special three-point podcast bonus. Enter code 3PP, that's the number three and two Ps, at checkout for 10% off your first order. The three-point podcast team welcomes the wash of Owasso to our team. Let's jump right out of the gate here, if you don't mind, Jared. Yep. I'm going to lead into you. I mean, one, one of the most amazing events i ever saw was the kentucky derby this year uh 80 to 1 long shot i mean unbelievable rich strike i've never seen anything like it and then we've all had the chance to watch the replay with the arrow pointing to the horse and how he made his way through the the pack with his uh, jockey sunny leone you know a masterful ride just that kind of sets it up thoughts on the kentucky derby you nailed it. And your tweet was the first time I really even thought about that, that it was the best race ever. It was. Uh, before I even saw the aerial cam, you know, after I re- after I rewatched it on YouTube, and I, I didn't even watch this live. And right. I, still, I still had goosebumps and chills uh, from watching the replay. After I watched it, I think the first time through, I said, all right, you know, I'm just going to watch this horse this whole time around. Yeah. And he literally, it's like, even from the very start, he lets all the horses run by him, and then he just darts to the inside of, a, of the track. It was you just don't see horses like it was, it seemed like it was like a, such a strategic race. I, it was, it blew my mind. Uh, you know, the whole bet time on the backstretch, he's basically jammed up. As soon as he got it, he had an opening, he took the shot and just ran for it. And I actually, I was enthralled by the story of this freaking horse. Uh, mm-hmm. So I had to look it up uh, a little bit more to it. Uh, so basically they got this horse. It was, uh, they bought it for like $30,000 and they even put it up into a like $30,000 claim race. This is how they bought it, which is basically all these horses run and people watch it and buy the, you know, basically claim these horses for 30,000 or whatever the cost ends up being. They didn't even get the horse that they wanted in that race. They ended up with freaking rich strike Uh, (laughs) and they freaking, they run this race. And like you said, Sonny Leone, what a freaking jockey. It's funny. His story is he came basically... The only reason he ended up running on this horse is because his the trainer Eric Reed. They happened to win a race like a couple years ago together, and so they remember he remembered him, and he ended up said, "Hey, you know, Rich Strike," and they ended up kind of running together, and they got good, and they just had a good repertoire uh, rapport. I mean, so he was basically the number three jockey at some track in Hamilton County, Ohio. He wasn't even the number right. one jockey at that freaking track. Uh, so then he ends up running, and it ends up being the longest shot, second longest shot ever. I mean, a couple of the other notables were Country House in 2019, but you almost can't even say that one because that was Hall, the Hall of Famer freaking trained that horse. So a lot of people sort of saw that, you know, somewhat coming. And then the other big one was uh, 50 to 1 in, in Mind That Bird in uh, 2009. And and that one had a legendary jockey on him. This one had just nothing. It was right. just completely out of left field. I loved it how right after they won the interview and they said, we wouldn't enter this horse if we didn't think we had a chance to win. Uh, they said, you know, as the Lord, as races got longer, this horse got better. He always raced great at Churchill Downs for whatever reason. 
Uh, <clears> but it, I just thought it was funny that the guy said that. But yet, when the horse crossed the finish line, the freaking trainer passed out. So I don't think <laughs> they were quite thinking they were going to win the race. But what a race, man. And that horse, man, it's got some freaking serious heart. Yeah, I'm curious to see what what its odds will be in the next couple, you know, the Triple Crown races. If it's still going to be a long shot because it's not, it wasn't, it wasn't a, it didn't have great odds to win the Kentucky Derby. So it's now all of a sudden it going to be the favorite to win the next two. I'll be curious to see that. I was going to read, so friend of the pod, Adam Stenko. We haven't had him on in a little while actually, yeah. but he's got a, his family is into horse racing. He, he tweeted out, basically, I was going to, say uh what you just explained jared but he said they got that horse in a claiming race to put it in nba terms it'd be like if a dude on a 10-day contract won mvp of the nba finals you know that's kind of what it was it's almost like they had a spot in the kentucky derby didn't have a horse so they just went to a claiming race we're like uh that guy right there and like you said it wasn't even the one they originally wanted and now he just won the kentucky derby so it was hilarious afterwards, and Ted, I'm sure you get a kick out of this. The horse freaking attacking the oh. other pony and and the the rider, and what, what was it? What was like? It was almost like irritating the hell out of me watching it because like Mike Tirico and crew, like they kept trying to talk over it, right? And trying to act like it wasn't happening, and everyone was like, "Dude, what? Like, just stop! You can't can't keep talking over this thing. This horse is literally losing its mind." Uh, but no, that horse, man, they finally got it under control, but. What a freaking one in a million story. Uh, we'll never see another race like that. A story like that will never happen. You nailed it right when you tweeted it out, right when it happened. It's the best Kentucky race ever. Yeah. Yeah, I was I was just absolutely stunned, you know. And and I think they, they do such a great job after the race. Because, you know, you're watching the race live, if you are watching it live. And, you know, you're getting into it and, you know, and you're watching them come down the stretch and the announcers getting you all fired up. But yeah. really the best part of the Kentucky Derby race is watching the recap and with the arrows pointing at the yeah. horse, how he comes through. And if, if anybody hasn't watched that by now, you got to watch this jockey and this horse, the absolute perfect race. You can never have a more perfect race than that. I think it's just, yeah. it was just well, stunning. And we'd be remiss if we didn't mention Larry Colmus, who is the announcer. What a freaking call, man! Mm-hmm. Those guys they they come out of they come out of like the stars for one race a year, and then we never see him again until the very next year. I mean, he nailed it mm-hmm. at the very end of that race with the the rich strike coming up on the inside. And what was funny to me is I, I was like, kind of thinking about that. It's like he took like a two second pause before he said that, and I'm just you know picturing behind the scenes i'm thinking this guy probably had no idea who the hell this horse was as it was coming up at the very last second i'm thinking his stat guy must have just passed him a sticky note uh before he he uh, said that name because there's no way in hell he was predict he he knew every single you know horse that was in that race what exactly they were like especially when it's the longest shot uh but he nailed it man very cool what an announcer and and, uh, and speaking of that and the in the entire kentucky derby and the way it shaked out i mean if somebody had that horse straight up or if somebody had it in an exacta perfecta or the superfecta, what did I see something that if you paid a buck yeah. and you got the exact superfecta, you got $300,000 or something like that. If you would have just done every single, because it was the longest shot, if you right. would have just done every single horse, like every single combination, you still would have made like, yeah, like you said, $300,000, which wow. man, yeah, nobody won. Nobody won this weekend other than the than Twin Spires and the and the casinos. <laughs> so that's never a good weekend. But that's the one time I'll let it go without yeah. complaining. Amazing. Uh, speaking of amazing, the NBA playoffs. We've talked about it many times that uh, 
it may be the greatest uh, professional sports tournament, you know, and it's not uh, it's not disappointed at all. You know, again, the double headers, it, it's almost like you're depressed when they don't have NBA basketball on a night. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, no, they've been good. And I know last week we we talked about it, that it seemed like the Suns were going to run away with their series. But then series goes back to Dallas and Luca just steps up and even it up now last night. The Suns did blow them out, so it's it's yeah. up to three three, three two. two Phoenix right now. But it seems like if if Dallas can win Game Six and get it back to Phoenix, they've got a guy in Luka Doncic who could go out and drop forty and win, win it win one game, you know, for them. So I'll be curious to see that series. It seems like some of the other ones, the Sixers just aren't healthy, you know, like Embiid's just kind of banged up. Harden is not playing that well. Seems like the Heat are going to win that one. The Bucks and Celtics, though that that one's been great. That's been a classic Eastern Conference, like physical, sometimes a little bit low scoring. You know, a little bit of ugly basketball sometimes. But then you have the the, the sequence where Giannis dunks on thirty five year old Al Horford, and Horford like turns back the clocks and looks oh. like he's twenty five years old, drops thirty points, and dunks on Giannis and stuff. Yeah. So that's what I mean, man. They, yeah, the, the the playoffs they especially for an NBA fan. They deliver all the time. Like the Kentucky Derby. The Kentucky Derby always delivers. Yeah. So do the NBA playoffs. That Al Horford thing, man. What what was going on the last like 4 years of his career where everyone was just shelving him? Was that his fault? Like did he finally, you know, get a little bit of energy when he joined the Celtics team and saw the playoff chance and all that or were teams really that dumb just to shelve him? Because what a freaking game that was. And I, I love it, man. He's not scared of Giannis. Yeah. Uh, he's always been a, a Michigan legend, uh, Al Horford. A forgotten Michigan legend, really, because he's from Grand Ledge. It's just right. not a place you normally would expect some NBA all-star to come from. Uh, but no, my favorite series, you nailed it. It's it's Suns versus, versus Mavericks. I was very nervous heading into last night's game. I feel a lot better recording today than I would have last night when we were originally <laughs> supposed to record because <laughs> – and I mean, CP3 did not have a good game three. He had seven turnovers. Uh, game four, I mean, look at this stat line. Five points, five rebounds, seven assists. I mean, that's like something I could do if I went out there. <laughs> but Devin Booker finally showed up, and I was really starting to worry, wonder about this guy. Like, you know, he's in the MVP conversation, but he's been doing almost nothing this whole playoffs. He finally shows up in game five, gives him a big win. But, man, Luka Doncic, he's been the marvel of the playoffs. How do you guard that guy? Seriously, I don't know how you can, this is going to sound so damn dumb and I can't believe I'm going to say this, but I have to. His game sort of reminds me of what my game was when I was in like sixth grade and I was the same exact height I am now. I <laughs> it, it, Honestly, it's very similar. I was not the fastest guy, but I was bigger than most. I was bigger than all the guards. And like I said, I'm literally the same exact size as I am now as a 23 year old as I was in sixth grade. But I was, I was bigger than all the guards, and, you know, I was quicker than all centers. So I could kind of do the same sort of game, you know, take them down low if I needed to. Obviously not putting up 40 points a game, but I just, in one world, I was like a Doncic-esque middle schooler. So <laughs> that was a bit of a stretch, but I, I could see the similarities. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I could see that. He de definitely has that old man's game or sixth grade Jared Fattel game, apparently. Because, yep. yeah, he doesn't blow by anyone. He does even his step back three is like slow. Like when he steps yeah. back and shoots, it's like, how do people not block this? But he gets it off. He makes those, he makes those shots that you see old dudes make at the Y, you know, on Saturday morning runs. And he just you can't guard him. And that's what people have said. It's to the point now where when you play the Mavs, you you basically you let him get his and you try and stop everyone else. 
Luca's yeah. gonna Luca's gonna get his. He's gonna get rebounds. He's gonna get assists. And you just hope that you know one of the other guys doesn't go off. But I would I would love I would love to see the Mavs beat the Suns. <laughs> After all, the Suns are the best team in basketball, and CP3 finally gonna get his ring, and Devin Booker and their coach won Coach of the Year. I would love it. Just put, be put pre- CP3 away again. It's going to be quite a game going back to Dallas for sure. And uh, by the way, uh, Jared's memory of his sixth grade days and my memory of watching him a little bit different, but that's, <laughs> we'll leave that, leave that alone. All right, man. Uh, uh, some people said I was Don, Donchich-esque. I, I don't know. I didn't say it, but uh, other people were saying it. Uh, um. You know, speaking to him, you know, and they just announced the MVP and it was Jokic from Denver. And those two play a very similar game, I think, uh, should there be any controversy of him winning back-to-back MVPs, or is that pretty much a no-brainer? I know Embiid, he, there's a lot of support for him, I thought, this year, and and justified, I thought. He's a he's a heck of a player himself. I, it's just it just it confuses me how these these like narratives get started. How is how is Luca never in the MVP conversation yeah. all year? You know, and I, I don't I think Jokic was the right pick. I mean, you can't go off of what happens in the playoffs, especially with his totally depleted roster and and act like it was the wrong pick a couple months later one it's a regular season award i thought he had the best regular season joel Embiid was great uh but i, I just wouldn't put it to the same level so no I, I had no problem with the mvp yeah yeah i mean you look yeah, at that, numbers you look at numbers two thousand points thousand rebounds and 500 assists that's pretty yeah. solid it's what yeah. all time ever yeah and I, I think Jokic, you know because jamal murray was out all year uh, Michael Porter was out a lot. So yeah, Jokic had to carry Denver the whole time. I mean, I know Embiid probably would have deserved it too, but no problem with Jokic mm-hmm. winning it. Also, you know, with the playoffs and this uh, Grizzly Warriors matchup, I really liked that. Uh, if if Morant, Morant was still healthy, that'd be one heck of a series. And now all the big controversy is, oh, Jordan Poole uh, screwed up his knee. He's got He's got a knee bruise. Why isn't he playing is a question number one, but I guess I'm not in his shoes, but uh, I did want to point out, and we talked about it before, and everybody knows we're big Michigan fans, Jordan Poole. I mean, the the dude, I mean, how do you step up that quickly and be that good? I mean, we saw signs of it at Michigan. We've talked no, about I, that, yeah. but it's, it's amazing. Yeah. It, it, I mean, he's the second best player on the Warriors. I don't really know how else you can argue that behind right. Steph. Maybe maybe you could throw Draymond. He's definitely better than Clay. Um, what a, I don't know. I don't know where that came from. It's definitely partially due to where he was drafted and the fact that he could just grow under, you know, two of the best shooters that have ever played in the NBA. That definitely mm-hmm. helped him. But, no, I, no one saw this coming. I 100% didn't. I mean, we saw that he had some, you know, confidence and – could hit some big time shots. We saw that against Houston, but other than that, no, I, th- I figured maybe, you know, he's a six man of the year. Maybe he's like his cap. That's, that's what I would have predicted. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, nothing, nothing along those, these lines. It's, it's freaking crazy. Um, another guy who's kind of just been kind of p- popping off on the scene, or uh, uh, on the scene, uh, Matt, I got to ask you about him. It's uh, JJ Reddick, man. Was there like a ESPN company wide email blast that like, we're going to, that playoffs are going to be the time of JJ Reddick. We're going to freaking push this guy. Uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't fault you if you, if you did, because he, he's been great, man. He's, he's had a podcast I've been listening to for a couple of years now. And I, I love the podcast. He gets great guests. He actually just had uh, Tim Legler on and they had a great conversation for about hour and 15 minutes. So he's been doing a great job. I, I think he's, you know, poised to be maybe the next big basketball announcer if he wants to go that route. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. He, he's one of those that just, 
obviously he just played so or he just finished his career so he knows the game he knows the current players he knows like the ins and outs of you know what what these dudes are talking about but he doesn't like sugarcoat anything he doesn't step down when he's on first take with Stephen a he's not going to back down from Stephen a if, if Stephen a spouts off on something he's gonna call him out and yeah I, I remember when he had his podcast and there'd be some rumblings like we might be bringing this guy on when he yeah. when his career because he had his podcast when he was still playing and uh there were some rumblings kind of like the tom brady thing right now there was like hey we might be bringing jj reddick on as an nba analyst you know when he retires and some people were like yeah i don't know but right when he started he's, he's already calling games too he went straight yeah. from podcast to going to be like an analyst in studio and now he's calling games too so he, he's burst right down. I, he's gonna he's gonna move up quick. Yeah, he's not just calling games. Quick. He's calling playoff games. NBA right. playoff yeah, games. Pretty nuts. Yep. He's he's great, man. I, it's weird how he was so hated by like I would say probably especially Matt. That was like Matt's generation coming through that freaking hated his guts. Yeah. I always loved him. I mean, that was actually my first like one of my first basketball memories ever was you know the whole ESPN rollout of JJ Redick versus like North Carolina on some random like Saturday night with my brothers. I still have that image in my head. Uh, he, he's awesome. I, I loved him throughout his whole NBA career. And I, I really do think that he's one of the best things going at ESPN. And, and like yeah. you said, man, he's great. He can do it all. He, he just got started in this freaking biz. He's already doing first take. He's already doing NBA playoff games. I mean, he's only going to get better and he's already pretty damn good. So I just, I felt the need to throw him out, man. I'm loving his stuff. That's a good yeah, call, it's, Jared. It's something that I, th- I think like podcast has done that people are going to move right into the broadcasting field, maybe seamlessly, you know, like if you've been doing a podcast for six years or something, maybe from high school through college, or, you know, if you're a professional athlete and you're doing a podcast your whole career, and then you want to go into broadcasting after your career, well, you've already been doing a podcast for, you know, whatever, 10 years or something. So you've already got that down. It is kind of crazy. I'll be curious to see like how, what his career trajectory is to see the money that Fox is giving Tom Brady. <laughs> I understand it's Tom Brady. He's the goat. You know, you could make an argument. He's one of the best athletes of all time, not just NFL, you know, one of the most accomplished athletes ever 10 years, 375 million to be the lead analyst for Fox though. That's like, that it's more money than he's made in his playing career. Yeah. It's more money yeah. than he's made in his playing career. That is like, it's a lot of that's, money. That's <laughs> a perfect segue there because that was definitely the hot topic that I wanted to get into a little bit. I mean, you know, I retweeted somebody laid out, you know, all the NFL number one broadcast yeah, teams. I mean, you got Jim Nance and Romo at CBS, top good as it gets. Kevin Burkhart, who's always been, I thought, a bit underrated. He's going to do a real good job as a play-by-play guy. And I don't know who they're teaming him up with this season, but oh, but yeah, yeah. In once Brady retires, it'll be Brady. Then you got Tariko and Collinsworth, NBC, Buck and Aikman now part of your family, Matt. And that's going to be exciting. And Al Michaels and Kurt Herbstreet doing games, NFL games on Amazon. I mean, that's a pretty good roster right yeah. there, I'd say the best it's ever been i don't know yeah. i don't know how you could argue that every game every primetime game is gonna have a great crew on it mm-hmm. uh the one the one thing though about brady he's never done this before as much as we love brady as as like smart as he is and you know you, you listen to him talk you can tell he gets it it's it's not the same remember jason witten went into the booth right and was a, almost a train wreck and i think tony romo 
went right into the booth so easily and was so good. It's made people think like, oh, anyone can do this. And Ted, you know better than anyone. You can't just slide into that and know what you're doing. Brady can know the game as well as anyone and, you know, be as locked in with the players because, you know, he's obviously he will be coming straight from the field to the booth. Mm-hmm. It, I'll, be, I'll be curious to see how he does. It, it, make, it's not as make, easy no, as everyone thinks it is. It, it isn't, but make no mistake about it. Tom Brady's a very unique individual, and it's yeah. not like he's going in raw. He's got he's got plenty of on mic experience. I know he was doing a a regular weekly feature with Jim Gray, and the guy knows his stuff. I think he's going to be a no brainer. Is he worth three hundred seventy five million dollars? I don't know about that, but boy, that's up the ante for all the other ones, hasn't it? And <laughs> and one other question I have we we've talked about in the past before that I'm a big slappy for Peyton Manning, and Peyton Manning he must have plenty of money because. It seems like the same sort of deal would have been offered to him somewhere along the line, wouldn't you think? Oh, he's yeah. got his his Omaha Productions, his mm-hmm. him, him and Eli's production company is actually growing quite a bit, and they're they're still doing the Manning cast, of course. But they've Good. got uh, like Vince Carter is going to have a show with them. Uh, Greg McElroy is going to have a college football show with them. Actually, like some people that I used to work with are going to work with McElroy on that. And what they're doing, it's actually like a great deal for ESPN. These aren't like ESPN employees, but ESPN is like contracting them out for their content. So they're mm-hmm. not having to pay, you know, Peyton Manning, Eli Manning, McElroy, all these other people. No production but they're paying cost. for the content to be on the app, you know, on ESPN Plus and everything. And eventually probably on ESPN2 or whatever. But I think Peyton, from the sounds of it, Peyton Manning is, he's well in on this Omaha Productions, trying to do more than just call mm-hmm. football games. So makes sense. And what who do I need to get in front of to pitch the idea just to have Manning do Gruden's QB room, but with Manning instead of Gruden? <laughs> Gruden. I mean that, that show would be the best show on ESPN right now. If they if they I mean that, that show was awesome when Gruden did it. So imagine what it'd be like with somebody like Peyton Manning or Tom Brady. It'd be freaking incredible. But can yeah. we just I mean, how about the fact that just appreciate that Tom Brady is even doing this? Because I, I don't know about you guys. I thought he was as soon as his football career was done. I thought he was going to go to TB12 method and start selling all that stuff. And that was going to be his career. So Mm -hmm. we, you know, even if he ends up being bad, which I just can't see, I think he's going to be, if I had to, if I had to make a bet, I think he's going to be the best to ever do it for color. I really do. Uh, If he, if he legitimately gives it a try and like is full bore at it, like we've seen Tony Romo do, I think he will be. Uh, But no, how about the fact that we just even get to see it? Because I, this was a big upset. I thought he was never going to do this type of thing. I mean, oh, it's, it's definitely, we, we kind of talked about it when ESPN brought Buck and Aikman in. It's definitely Fox saying, we, we got to keep something like this if we want to have the Super Bowl. Yeah. Like, we can't have, even though I like him, we can't have Aqib Talib being our, like, <laughs> our lead color guy if we want to keep the Super Bowl. If you have Tom Brady as your lead analyst, the Super Bowl will be like, yeah, that, that sounds pretty cool. We'll have yeah. the greatest of all time calling the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Sounds pretty cool. I think that'll work for sure. <laughs> and, you know, you, you guys know how much I loved the Manning cast. I think, though, with the addition of Buck and Aikman, I think my yeah, new I'll plan watch. is going to be recording the Manning cast and just watch some of the interviews. I'm going to watch the game with uh, Buck and Aikman. No Double doubt I like, about it. See, I like Buck and Aikman. I, Joe Buck catches so much flack, and I never get it. I, I like him a lot. Great. Aikman, Aikman's good. I'm not, like, a huge Aikman fan. Like, right. he's good. Um, but them together really good. 
I feel like, like we said about the Manning cast, it's all about the guests. When they have good mm-hmm. guests, I'll definitely be watching that. But that's a that's tough. It's tough it, to get. Like, what do you have to choose? You have to pick between I Buck know. and Aikman and, and the Manning cast. It does DBL. feel like a waste, you know, almost uh, because it's like, man, two of the best, the best like broadcast type things going there at the same exact time. I mean, it just it does. It is kind of a bummer, but it, it I guess it's just a little bit of an embarrassment of riches for us. Like I said, mm-hmm. you got to get the DVR out. Amen. <laughs> I don't know if I'll go that far, but uh, maybe I'll just be flipping back and forth throughout the game. Or, of course, your generation, you could probably just click on your phone and watch yeah. whatever you want to on YouTube or wherever it's posted, right? Right. Yeah, whatever pops off on the Manning cast, it's going viral on Twitter. So you can just keep up with it that way as well. Absolutely. The one the one thing that we've said around the office, and you you can you can work your way up. This isn't like in, inside baseball stuff, but, you know, you can work your way up and, and make some good money working in TV production. But when you see the money that they're throwing out for these analysts, it's like, yeah, man, how about you – throw a little more our way you know we're, we're the ones put we're the ones like making this look good on tv you know maybe maybe give us a little little bump you know <laughs> here's just a question that popped in my head since you're talking about that you got neither one of you are unionized are you no no i d- didn't think very so. little of the employees i think it's very rare that you know you got to be makes to the top of the top to be salaried and benefits and all that sort of stuff at least that's how it, that's where it, what it's like where i work mm-hmm yeah, there's not very many anymore. California, I think, is still heavy with the union for uh, like broadcast production. There is still a lot of people down here in in my office that do freelance work, and then they work like for ESPN part time. Um, you know, they'll they'll work for like the Panthers or the Hornets or whatever, and then they'll work for ESPN. You know, two or three days a week. But the whole union thing has kind of started to go away just because there's so many people who do this now. They don't mm-hmm. need. They don't need to pay a union. <laughs> they don't right. need to pay those union fees and all that kind of stuff. So even if you just have part-time employees or freelance employees, that's, that's good enough. And, how, and it's it's like they pay a man a lot per, per hour, at least in, in my experience, how, how I see it working is, you know, it kind of makes up for it in that way where if you're somebody like, you know, Matt, who's married, has a wife with benefits, it just kind of perfectly works and uh you, you each kind of benefit off each other so i got until i'm about 26 to sort of figure that part out uh until then i'm i'm looking good so yeah well good deal uh and i was i was going to ask you matt working for disney i mean do they again i don't want to get into your financial situation but uh just a quick question about do they give you annual bumps or how, how does that work to where you get a raise yeah so we have i mean i know jared it's a little different we have, we're mostly all full-time employees, full-time staffed employees. There are still some part-time, um, they're kind of called recurring employees. Like they can tell them, Hey, we don't need you for the month of June. So we'll call you back in July. There's very few of those. Most of us are full-time staffed employees. Uh, so yeah, we get, we have our benefits, you know, all through Disney and everything. We get annual raises, we get, um, annual bump or, uh, bonuses at the end of the year. They're it's all performance-based. So, we get our reviews at the end of the year on what your performance is. And that's, that's what your raise and your bonus is based on. So yeah, it's the whole, the old school people who've worked in TV production that Jared, I'm sure there's a bunch who work with you been doing freelance type work for 30 years where I've been working in TV, directing games for 30 years. It's a very different world. I think they've, because those freelance rates, they have to pay those people so much money to be a freelancer, like a union. So they've started hiring people full time because, you know, you can pay in other ways too. So mm-hmm. it's definitely, I mean, you know, the hours that that's probably the one drawback of working in TV production. I mean, 
us figuring out when to record our podcast, we have to deal with it. You know, your hours are just all over the place. You don't work, you don't work Monday through Friday, nine to five. You're working weekends, you're working holidays. That's, that's the one drawback, but you know, you, you can work yourself into a pretty comfortable life for sure. I'll I'll tell you what, you guys have done well so far, especially you, Matt, you got more time under your belt. I'm envious of both of you. I mean, I've, I've had my career in sports and local radio broadcasting as a sideline. You know, a lot of people think that that that's what I do full time or have done. It's pretty impressive. Well, yeah, I guess so. I mean, but you know, if you go into anything and you know, any recommendation we would give to any youngster out there that wants to, you know, be successful in life, you got to put the time in, you have to do your homework and you have to, you have to just grind it and you have to go after it. You know, like you said, uh, I have a full-time job or had a full-time job, you know, work my way up through the company that I was with, but all along, I had the second sideline job of, of broadcasting on the radio. And actually it, there was a period of life where I had three jobs because I was doing refereeing and umpiring to put pocket change. So the whole thing in life, you know, it's not handed to you. You got to hustle. How's that for an old boomer guy trying to pass on some wordly advice? Hustle, hustle your whole life and you retire with a boat on the water. That's right. <laughs> That's absolutely right. Well, I'll tell you what, fellas, let's, uh, let's take a short pause and let's wrap up the show with uh, just a couple other topics. We got to talk a little tigers. We won't have to dwell on it very long, but uh, let's come Come back right after this. Memorial Healthcare has served the community for over a century and is committed to being your healthcare partner. The main campus is located in Owasso at 826 West King Street with additional locations in seven counties throughout mid-Michigan. Services at Memorial Healthcare are provided by people who truly care about their patients, who take pride in making a difference in the life and health of the patients they serve through all phases of life. With a medical staff of over 200 and nearly 1,500 employees, Memorial Healthcare is proudly recognized as the largest employer in Shiawassee County. Whether it's life-saving emergency room care, bringing a baby into the world, or an annual physical, see what Memorial Healthcare has to offer at memorialhealthcare.org or call 989-720-CARE. That's 989-720-2273. Nelson House Funeral Home's number one goal is to serve the families in our area. The Nelson House staff are proud to serve our local community with reliability, integrity, and compassion. Unique service representing unique lives, ensuring your loved ones receive the honor and celebration they deserve. Founded in 1880 and continuing the tradition today with chapels in Owasso, Chesanine, and New Lothrop. For more details, find them at nelson-house.com or call 989-723-5234. Success Group Mortgage and Servicing is Shiawassee County's only licensed mortgage broker, lender, and servicer. That means you get exclusive products not found anywhere else. If you are looking to purchase a home or refinance a home in Florida, Hawaii, or Michigan, stop what you're doing and give Success Group Mortgage and Servicing a call. 989-720-4380. That's 989-720-4380. All right, Jared, it's starting with you again. Uh, our Tigers, what yeah. in the heck is going on? I mean, I know we had set it up, especially you, a few weeks ago saying, you know, don't get too excited. This still, this team's still rebuilding. But did we see this coming where they're the worst team in the American League right at this point where we're recording? No, we didn't. Coming into the year, you know, we just hoped that they would have started better than they did last year in the month of April and May. They didn't. Started mm-hmm. basically exactly the same. Uh 
And, and it's just, there's two ways to kind of view it from here on out. I, I don't think this team is, is what we thought it was. Um, but I, but what I would say is I do think that this team has still a lot of promise, you know, in the next couple of years. I mean, Tarek Skubal, man, this guy is, he's going to be the ace. He's got potential to be a Cy Young type pitcher. If he keeps developing, man, he's a stud. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we just have a lot of other young arms and Javier Baez. I mean, that ended up being a great addition. We still got him on the books for six more years. Uh, as long as he keeps resigning and, and all those sort of things behind the scenes. But, no, I, I think it's, you know, you can you go drive yourself crazy if you hold this team to those, you know, playoff expectations because uh, this team, it's just not there yet. The bats aren't there. Scope's finally kind of getting some hits, getting something going. Same thing with Candelario, but you'll drive yourself crazy if you keep trying to hold this team to that standard. There's not that. So just appreciate them for what they are, which is a nice young upstart team. Give them a year, and hopefully next year is the legit year that we can really push. Which is, I mean, it's crazy to say that with still so much season left, but I don't know, man. It, it, it's a lot of ground to make up already. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the thing. You know, people talk about like these early season games eh, don't really mean much, but when you're sitting at nine and twenty-one, it does mean a lot because, like what you just said, Jared, that's a lot of ground to make up. It's not like the White Sox or the Twins or you know whoever else the 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 Guardians. It's not like they're all of a sudden going to slide and lose 30 straight, you know, the Tigers have dug themselves into a a big hole. And I think that's a thing. I mean, we were super excited and rightfully so for the Tigers coming into the season. They had a lot of promise. They, Mm -hmm. you know, some, finally, some of the rookies were coming up. Some of the the guys they drafted, we thought Casey Mize was going to, you know, kind of turn into an ace. You know, he's just had injury issues, Matt Manning, you know, hopefully he's going to get healthy. So like they've, they have been hit by the injury bug. They just haven't, performed and that that's what's a little you know you can be disappointed I feel like is the offense I mean the Mm. offense has just been so bad the pitching we talked about I feel like I'm repeating myself the pitching has been pretty good you know but the offense just hasn't been there and yeah you know I did we did we think that they would be like just mashing home runs left and right no but like they're they're last in so many offensive categories that it's like when can this turn around you know health is one thing Mize can come back. Manning can come back. You know, some of these guys, Riley Green can come back and be healthy, but will they actually start hitting the ball? They're so bad with running runners in scoring position. It's like so frustrating when I'm, when I'm watching the games and there's a guy in second or third and it, and it they ground into a double play or, you know, a couple pop outs and the innings over. It's just like, I miss the days of having, Victor Martinez and Miguel Cabrera just driving dudes in over yeah. and over and over. Mm-hmm. It, it's yeah. crazy, man. When you really think of how good those goddamn teams were, it, yep. it's like, it's just, it's just night and day between this offense we have now and that offense we had, you know, back in the Miguel Cabrera, Prince Fielder, uh, you know, era. It, it's just, it's sad. But like I said, I mean, this, to me, the biggest storyline of this year has been Tarek Schubel. I mean, I really do think that he's kind of emerging himself as our best pitcher, uh, for years to come. And I think that, you know, this year is kind of the year that it really establishes himself. And then I think next year, as long as he stays healthy, you know, knock on wood, I really do think he's going to make a push for, you know, an all-star game. He's yeah. pitching his nuts off right now. Yeah, I agree with you. I, you know, as an old-time baseball fan, they always say you got to strength up the middle. Now, I'm not too concerned with the Tiger pitching staff. Uh, but I, yeah, and shortstop, obviously, Baez is going to be there for six years, hopefully, at least. But, they've got to solve center field. They've got to solve catcher. And, you know, if scope can keep going, maybe he's the answer at second base, but you look at, if you look at championship teams, they gotta be strong up the middle and they've got a few holes there that they've got to shore up. 
Uh, I mean, I go back to 2006 when the Tigers just out of the blue, you know, signed Pudge Rodriguez. And from that moment on, you know, they started fitting pieces into the puzzle and that, you know, eight to 10 year stretch of Tiger baseball, the, the, the biggest shame in that is they never won a world series, but boy, they were a competitive product. Comerica park was, was packed every night. It was, it was electric atmosphere down there and they, they had, they were some team to watch. So that's what this team I think still has some potential with the manager they have and the, and the young arms they do have, and they still have some other decent young players in the minor leagues. This year is probably a wash. Now what they got to do the rest of this year is see what they can do to try and kind of fight their way to 500 and start playing decent baseball again. But uh, maybe our expectations were a little too high at the beginning of the season and injuries and, and some of their play just hasn't panned out. Yeah, you got to hope. I think we said it a week or two ago. You know, we were talking about how can they build this thing into a winner, kind of like what you're saying back in the early 2000s when they started signing some guys. They've got to show some of these free agents that there is promise. You know, like right. if they finish the year 40 and 122, you know, it, it's not going to look that good. So, yeah, hopefully they can turn things around and teams can see, okay, there's something there. You know, Torkelson's been, I don't know if you want to say he's been disappointing. He's a rookie. So maybe we were thinking he'd be too good too early, but, you know, hopefully he can kind of, you know, get into a groove when, you know, get some at-bats under his belt. And, you know, they, they just need to start playing better. I mean, you talking about the, the early 2000s, because, yeah, you think about it. Maglio Ordonia signed. They got Placido Polanco. They oh, had yeah. Carlos Guillen. You know, they, so they started then the whole Curtis Granderson. You know, they actually had some guys, like, coming through the system, Verlander who were really good. So, and then obviously the big thing is when they traded for Miguel Cabrera. So, you know, yeah, you, once you start kind of piecing things together, you know, you, you can, you can build a winner. There's definite holes on this roster though. I, you know, scope, he's a solid player, but I don't, I don't know if he's going to turn that? himself into like what he used to be. You know, he's just looking pretty, even Candelario has just been pretty disappointing. I don't know if it, they're just in a funk. You know, mm-hmm. I don't know what it is, but it's been tough to watch. That's for sure. Yeah. I mean, they're just, it's, it's just, it's a season from hell. I threw that <laughs> out, you know, a, a, a three weeks ago. That's just kind of the vibe it had. Uh, and that seems to be the way it's, it's heading. Um, one thing I, I will throw out there about uh, the Tigers in this season is it, it sucks because it's like, man, as soon as I get into baseball, think about it. My whole life, I didn't even watch a second of the Tigers. From like 2006 to, you know, whatever, 2016 or so. Basically, right as I get back into it this year, they aren't good uh, again. So it's just, it's unfortunate. One thing that's sad is uh, Akil Badu, you know, down to the, the minors, huh? down to the minors. You know, <laughs> I know Ted and all the old geezers who felt the need to say, I told you so, I told you so, all time last year. I know they're loving it, but that was a very sad day because, man, that guy, he still could come back. You know, I'm still not, you know, selling all my stock in Akil Badu, but what a freaking electric factory he was last season. And I mean, that's the thing. That's what you, that's what you got to understand, man, is he was a one man electricity bolt to that roster last year. Kind of exactly what we need right now, uh, where he was batting 400 for a whole month, you know, walk-offs, home runs, stealing bases, making defensive diving grabs and kind of just electrifying the whole locker room. And I just, I don't know. We don't have that guy right now. We need an Akil Badu um, to really kind of jumpstart this team. He, he was that guy, and you hope maybe if he goes down to the minors and just gets some good games under his belt, confidence. holds his confidence back up, that's, mm-hmm. that's hopefully what will happen. 
Because right, he needs to be that guy because you know Baez brings some energy, and Torkelson does too when he's playing well. You know, Miggy is still Miggy, so he's gonna be fun. But yeah, they needed a dude like Badu to be like stretching a double into a triple, you know, Ooh. doing stuff like that, diving for catches in the outfield. When you mentioned about the Tigers not winning a World Series during that, you know, whatever 10, 12 year stretch where they're really good, it kind of reminds me of the Pistons kind of in that that same era actually getting a ring. Like they went to however five straight Eastern Conference finals, they won a bunch of division titles playoffs for like eight straight years but they got that one ring so that's what makes the whole like that whole run like validated because they did get the one ring mm-hmm. people almost forget i've talked to some like some friends at work or whatever about the tigers and they're like oh yeah they were good there for you know a pretty good stretch it's like yeah they made two world series and they were in the playoffs every year for like 10 straight years but they didn't win a world series so people forget about it absolutely so that, that's no it it's, it will be forgotten about. That's, that's yeah. a fact. It's, it's sad to say, but they will be forgotten about. Well, when you think Tigers and history and success, you got to go back to 84 because they won the World Series. You know, yeah. It's that simple. Um, before we wrap up the show, fellas, we're already an hour in. Um, informal entertainment tonight, sports related. First of all, winning time has been completed. Watch the whole series. I've come around a bit on it, Jared. Uh, I still wouldn't want to be Jerry West, but we'll leave that alone. But uh, the series itself, I thought really well done. I thought uh, for putting basketball, actors playing basketball, the way they cut it and put it together, they're pretty good, I thought. Didn't you? Yeah. uh, No, I I thought the show, man, it, it was great. You know, it obviously has its flaws. And, you know, people, old timers like Jerry West and yourself will be sure to point it out. (laughs) Uh, but no, I think, I think for a season one, you know, they kind of see what worked, see what didn't, um, they can maybe craft Jerry West's character guys like that, maybe a little bit more realistic in season two. And I think this show is going to take off. I think season two is really where it's going to be great Mm -hmm. because that's where bird really comes into the picture. I mean, if you remember the 81, uh, playoffs, I don't, I don't really remember how the Lakers got knocked out, but I know it's the Rockets versus Celtics in 81. So this season was, you know, all about the celebration, the championship, whereas season two would probably be a little bit more uh, negative to the Lakers. So, no, I can't wait to see it. I still think it's a great show. Got a bad rap by a couple of old timers. Uh, and, but, no, it's still a great show, and I can't wait to see what they do in season two. I'll get to it at some point because I, I do really want to watch it. for Hard Knocks. <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. I'm, I'm waiting for Hard Knocks, which kind of speak. When does Hard Knocks start? I'm trying to remember. It's Should August. Be, yeah, August. Uh, Early August. August. Second week of August, one of those two. Mm-hmm. So that's probably when I'll be getting to winning time. Maybe maybe I'll sign up for HBO before so I can watch winning time before Hard Knocks. But... Yeah. Definitely worth watching. Kind of tie it into the basketball theme. I'm going to go old school a little bit. Uh, this is back kind of to your era. Matt with the basketball diaries. I just happened to come across it on TMC. I, th- I think I saw it originally, but rewatched it with Leonardo DiCaprio and Mark Wahlberg. Uh, it was made in 1995. What's interesting, Jared, at least maybe to me, you'll laugh about it. It had three stars from the Sopranos was in that movie. Lorraine really? Bracco played Leonardo's uh, mother. Uh, Michael Imperioli played one of the basketball players that was dying of cancer. And Vincent Pastor had a little bit part. He played a big pussy in the Sopranos. He played a bit part. They were on a 
the Staten Island Ferry and one of the young basketball players puked on his head. <laughs> Always but comes back. Always comes back to the Sopranos. It does. It does. But uh, for an overall movie, I thought it was it was well done. It was very depressing. It was a true story. And it was it featured DiCaprio and Wahlberg and some of his young buddies as high school basketball players at a Catholic high school in uh, in New Jersey. Now, the point I wanted to make was winning time, the actors really looked like they played some basketball. If you watch the basketball diaries, this looked like uh, Teen Wolf or something. I mean, these guys were just horrible on the basketball yeah. court. That's that's what that's what makes any sports movie. If the actual sports looks realistic. I mean, sometimes, you know, like Major League, the baseball isn't that realistic, but the movie is funny enough like you can get by it. Like think about Hoosiers. Hoosiers if the, the oh. story is incredible, but the basketball actually looks pretty good, so that's what kind of yeah. brings it all together. Like if if Hoosiers the movie, the basketball looked terrible, it'd be like, okay, this is pretty corny. But since the basketball looked realistic. And it sounds like that's kind of what you're talking about with mm -hmm. I've seen basketball diaries. It's been a long time. I feel like I remember it being pretty corny, but with winning time actually looking like realistic basketball, that's what makes it that much better. So yeah. any given Sunday, you know, a football movie, if the football doesn't look real, it's like, okay, this is stupid. You know, right. Friday I, night lights, all that. I just, when the sports actual sports looks good, then the movie's that much better. <laughs> I feel like that movie was made for like teenagers who liked basketball, who were maybe on the fence of doing drugs or not doing drugs. I remember when yeah. I was growing up, uh, like some random summer day, my mom, you know, loved Leonardo DiCaprio. We liked basketball, me and my brothers. So we kind of all watched it. And I remember <laughs> leaving it thinking, you know, oh God, I'll never touch a drugs in my life, man. It, it totally destroys your basketball game. Uh, and another funny line from that movie I remember was like, uh, I think it's Mark Wahlberg's character. They're like in the locker room before the game and they're like, they have drugs or something like pills. And he like throws the pills in his mouth and he's like, I'm going to get 50 rebounds tonight. Watch this. So he like throws like a whole bunch of like pills in his mouth and swallows them. Uh, but no, that's a great flick. I don't remember the, the corny basketball scenes though. I thought I remembered some like good scenes of uh, DiCaprio and like his mentor or the guy who was helping him get off drugs. I, I maybe I misremembered that. Uh, DiCaprio was mm, mediocre at best, but the basketball scenes were, were pretty terrible. You know, they do the cutaway. The guy would try the shot and you'd see it go through the rim, but it, it was pretty bad. It was pretty bad. And I, I want to end my part here, guys, um, on the finish of a series. It's one of the all time great TV series. You know, you know how I love the Sopranos, but just finished up Ozark, man, it what a great four seasons of Ozark with Jason Bateman and the crew. Uh, I wasn't uh, in, totally in love with the ending of it. I won't give any spoiler alerts because people are still catching up on Ozark. But if you do get a chance and haven't tuned into it yet on Netflix, it's well worth, you know, the maybe the 40 episodes and check it out because it's really, really good. That's what I've heard is that the ending was very underwhelming. I've heard that mm -hmm. from help people. I, I've only seen the first season of Ozark. I don't know why I haven't watched the rest. I liked it. Just never, I guess, for whatever reason, never kept watching it. Uh, but yeah, that's what I've heard is that the the ending, you know, for how great the show is, the ending is very uh, not that great. Yeah, underwhelming is a perfect description. Yeah. description and it just didn't seem to fit to <laughs> me, but we'll leave it at that. Uh, what's, with, what's with all these, like, epic shows? having terrible endings yeah like seinfeld I mean, did you like seinfeld's ending i mean i, I thought it fit with I the got show it. 
Yeah. I thought it fit with the show being kind of a goofy, weird show, you know, them just sitting there in the jail cell. Sopranos, I know that's a very uh controversial controversial ending. Obviously, Game of Thrones, you know, you guys have talked about right. that being a terrible ending. So all these like epic shows being like you know, letdowns at the end. It's kind of I tough. will say this though, I am on the side on the Sopranos. Final thought on that. The ending of that show was absolutely, in my view, perfect. I view it the same way. I mean, it's pretty obvious what happened to him. Uh, right. I, I'm just gonna say it because if you haven't seen Sopranos, it's not a spoiler alert. At this for point. 20 years, um, <laughs> he died. He, it's just, it's just, it is what it is. How they, I, I didn't, you know, it was a little bit weird how they shot it and stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe I would have rather just actually have seen him die or at least get shot or something. And then, but no, he dies at the very end. Uh, so. That's I that. tend to agree with you on that thought, but I the, the reason I thought it was a perfect ending because it was just everybody that was watching, you know, HBO and Sopranos, Sunday night was the must watch. So you had to watch it on that Sunday night or you're going to be out of the water cooler loop. So you're watching it and the end of the show and Matt, you're aware of how it ended, aren't you? Yeah. Okay. So at the end of the show, I'm all of a sudden, you know, there's all this tension, the families in this restaurant. There, you know, there's a battle between the New York gang and the New Jersey gang. They're after Tony's crew. They've already shot two or three of his lieutenants. Him and his family are sitting in this restaurant. A guy comes in in a, in a jacket that what's a members only jacket. It, it ties into the rest of the show. He walks by them. And then all of a sudden the screen goes black. And the majority of America thought something went wrong with the HBO feed. That's hilarious. Well, what happens is how, well, and the reason that that it's important how they frame it, because, you know, they show Tony, then they show what he's looking at. Then they show Tony, then they show what he's looking at. Then they show Tony, then they show what he's looking at. Then they show Tony, then they show the street black. So it's like he got, yeah, he just got whacked. Now, here's the question for you before we wrap up the program. Do you think just he got whacked? Do you think the whole family got whacked? I think just him. It just... I agree. Oh, how did this turn into a Sopranos? Uh, like, if you need to, because I'm driving it. I'm driving it. That's Sopranos, why. <laughs> Sopranos recap show or something, man. To get this is this out. is basically this is Ted's pitch yep. to do just a Sopranos podcast. Well, I you guys have heard me talk about it before. My favorite podcast that I'm just finishing up is Talking Sopranos, and uh, it's it's one of the if you're if you're a Sopranos tv show fan it's a must listen to listen to three-point podcast but add (laughs) talking sopranos to the list because it's it's tremendous imperioli and uh bobby i mean they do they recap every single episode tell you behind the scenes stuff they have guests from the show that's on there including the creator david chase you get all the background it's i can't give it any higher praise Talking Sopranos, 3.0, three-point podcast. Kevin Malone from The Office. I can't, uh, I'm drawing a blank on the the actor's name. He has a very similar podcast where he goes through all the old Office episodes. Really, really, really. I only listened to the first season now that I'm thinking about it, but really, really well well done podcast. The girls do too. Uh, Angela and Pam, they they have a podcast too. (laughs) Well, there you go. So it's something else to add to our list. Our listeners, obviously, you got to put the three-point podcast at the top, but uh, there's some other good entertainment out there. Anything else you guys want to get off your chest before we sign off? I watched uh, the – oh, geez, now I'm just blinking on it. The the clown serial killer. Oh, Um, John Wayne Gacy. John Wayne Gacy. I was going to say William Gacy, but I knew that wasn't right. Yeah, so so we watched that. (laughs) And, again, because I'm as into those shows as you are. 
it is just crazy to think about that this dude was just like living a life with yeah. 30 bodies under his house like and i know technology was different things were just different back in those days but every time that that he was kind of connected to people like a kid went to work for his construction company and then just disappeared a kid went to work for him or whatever and then how did people not start saying like this dude is kind of like connected to a lot of these kids that are disappearing and you know then hearing the tapes just creepy to hear how just that didn't affect him you know just these these people that are just clearly psychopaths and then the thing i always say it comes back to abusive father he was Mm -hmm. abused as a kid he was neglected as a kid so he he clearly was wasn't wired right in the head but it goes back to the way he was treated as a child, you know, beat it, yeah. beat, abused, neglected, all that kind of stuff. So nurture, not nature. Right. Yep. Yeah. All right. Well, Jared, you got to check that one out, but, th- but then again, maybe not, especially if you're home at night alone, because we don't <laughs> want the night terrors to pop up because they definitely will. Won't they, Matt? <laughs> so you start seeing clowns in your sleep. <laughs> yeah no that stuff is freaking freaky man that, that's that's real that's real that's the serious part about it is that happened man that's the bad part all right let's call it a pod uh this has been the three-point podcast presented by memorial Healthcare, home of the now community wellness center follow us at three-point pod and make sure you spread the word to all your friends even your enemies we don't care we need uh, listeners hopping on board left and right make sure you let all our great partners know you listen in and enjoy the show they include Pro Real Estate and Auction, Nelson House Funeral Homes, Rivals Tap House and Grill, Success Group Mortgage and Servicing, the Wash of Owasso, and the ALS Association of Michigan. Until next time, so long, everyone. Thanks for listening and stay strong, Ukraine. Hey, gang, please consider a donation to the ALS Association Michigan chapter, serving people with ALS and their families since 1988. There still is no cure for Lou Gehrig's disease, and every 90 minutes, someone is diagnosed with ALS. For more details, go online at webmi.alsa.org. Three Point Podcast is a Sportsnet Michigan Three Point Podcast production. Subscribe and share on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, or any of your favorite podcast hosting sites. Comments and questions can be sent via social media at Three Point Pod or by email to 3pointpod at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.